Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is a show that brings you more actionable business tips and ideas than you'll find practically anywhere else in one place on the internet. And we do that by bringing you interesting guests. Today is no exception, but first let's introduce Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We are very excited to have Jamie Royce with us today. Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Jamie is the CEO and founder of MindCloud. This is a company that helps business leaders automate and scale their businesses with simple software solutions. Let's jump in. Jamie, most businesses have a full suite of software that they use for their day-to-day operations. But what you do is help these various programs communicate with each other. With each other. Exactly how do you do that? Great. Yeah. So the concept is integration, right? Integration means taking disparate things and making them work together as one. So as you mentioned, the modern business owner has, I think the survey I recently did, at least eight platforms that your average, even small to medium-sized business owner is using themselves, mm-hmm. let alone your staff and technical people could be even more. Mm-hmm. But imagine having to do the old swivel chair between one screen to the next right? and copy and paste and the manual data entry and all the things that you would think nowadays with all this amazing modern technology where you can say a statement into your computer and get like a fully amazing artistic picture off off of just some words, you would think (laughs) that we could automate a manual task of copying ones and zeros from one program and putting them in another. Yet, most businesses have up to 40% of their staff time spent on these type of tedious data entry tasks. Wow, 40%, that's huge. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. in some cases we had, we had a couple of staff that were, their function was entirely copying and pasting, exporting from one platform, importing it into another. And that was their whole job. And with one of our first customers, we were able to entirely replace their functions. And those staff were able to move on to other important tasks that weren't these mind numbing robotic processes. Yeah. And nowadays, wow. I mean, Jumping right into modern AI and chat GPT, mm. if you're doing something like that, if you're doing a robotic task, you will be replaced by a robot. Sure. Right. sure. Right. So our company is working with business owners to automate and streamline all of these type of robotic, manual, tedious data entry type of tasks, connecting their software together which is what I've been doing for over 20 years professionally is systems integration, building Mm -hmm. processes to automatically move ones and zeros from one point to another. And whatever whatever the computer uh, allows you to do with a keyboard, you probably could do in one manner or another in an automated fashion. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So in other words, so if somebody, most businesses, I would say all businesses have an accounting software. If you're a manufacturing company, you have inventory, 
it's integrating all of these systems together so that instead of having to, to go into each separately to do a bit of business, it's all it's all just connected to one another. Yeah. And each of the softwares reads each other or they communicate with each yeah. other. That's Yeah, it's like there's no one software that does everything. Even your biggest ERPs. Yeah don't do everything. And then, you know, with, with modern advancements happening all the time, there might be a really good app that does one thing that you really like for marketing or for chatting or for other things. You really like that, but it doesn't talk with your other one. So mm -hmm. then you, you inevitably are making sacrifices by having some kind of either data silo where you just have two different systems that don't talk, or you have someone trying to synchronize the systems manually. Mm -hmm. Both mm -hmm. not optimum. Wow. Wow. How long does so, it typically, I'm, I'm just curious, how long does it typically take for, if you have a, say a small to medium-sized business that typically has around eight different programs for your team to come in and sort of integrate them? I, that I would think that's pretty labor-intensive, well, isn't it? It's funny you brought that up. That's that's the reason why this has been not really known about by small and medium-sized businesses because it was so cost prohibitive mm -hmm. and it would take so much time. And it was literally like building computer programs from scratch every time a company wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, what we did was utilizing the latest modern technology that's available, me and my team, we built a platform that utilizes all of these latest breakthroughs that uh -huh. make it possible... To do it in, it's an agile method where you just have components that do one thing perfect, and then you have another mm -hmm. component that does something perfect, and then those two are connected, and then then pretty soon you have this whole platform that does exactly what you want, but you didn't have to spend two years researching, developing, and building for what might eventually work. It was... Mm -hmm one thing that does one thing perfectly that works and you have it up and running within a few days it's tested up and running live you know we're talking a couple of weeks instead of many many months for each component you do it that way you can actually iterate through and build a very sophisticated platform light years faster than what's out there sure sure yeah. Because I, I would imagine a lot of the principles stay the same across a wide range of industries and services. For instance, if you have a good way of linking what you mentioned just now, accounting and, and inventory for a motor part, automotive parts manufacturer, the same would apply for someone making something totally different, right? The principles would still be similar. Yeah. I like to tell my clients that it's all ones and zeros. Yep. When yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter what industry... It doesn't matter what type of data, it's just ones and zeros, and they need to go from one place to another. And mm -hmm. our job is to bring these software programs into communication with each other. Right. And right. Just, um, to just respond to what you were asking earlier, the, it's been cost prohibitive because mm -hmm. these software platforms that were built 10 or 20 years ago and are still around, mm -hmm. those there are these things called integration platforms. And the common term you might have heard is called an IPaaS, Integration mm -hmm. Platform as a Service. Mm -hmm. Now, traditionally, that term means your Salesforce MuleSoft program 
or a one from that Dell originally had. They sold it to someone else. It was called Boomi. Now, these software platforms were built decades ago almost at this point. And when you have a platform that the underlying foundation is decades old, mm -hmm. it's much harder to iterate and go through a new development cycle to implement some amazing modern technology. You end up only coloring the surface of it or putting mm -hmm. decorations on, but the, the core foundation is layer upon layer of almost like a Frankenstein approach of you had something originally and then some new thing came up and you added another layer to it. And then pretty soon you got five layers deep on a platform that is kind of slow. It's kind of clunky. It doesn't respond really well and it's not really user-friendly. And we took the approach of let's build something that is cost effective for a small and medium-sized business who could take advantage of that same technology that the big enterprise companies have been using for over a decade in these mm -hmm. integrated platforms. MindCloud is a next generation integration platform as a service. Okay, got it. So so you've just answered what I was going to ask you, and that was, <laughs> well, sort of answered, what was the biggest mistake that small to medium-sized businesses make, business owners make, when they're adding on to their existing IT system? Um, and we all make, even as people as small as us make the same mistakes, we say, oh, I like that, and buy it and start using it without thinking that maybe it's not going to work so well in partnership with, with that, which we're already right. using. Is that is that what the biggest problem, as you said, or is it something more complicated than that? I think that's a component of the problem. Um, staying up to date with modern software and latest technology is definitely a big problem. I think mm -hmm. the biggest problem is business owners not even having the concept that it's possible, not, okay. not really being aware of the magic that right. computer technology makes available. It's it's really to the point of, if you can imagine it, it's very likely that it's, it's possible. It's possible. Right, right, right. I, mean, okay. I, run into, I run into a barrier sometimes with, you know, people that are kind of stuck in their ways where mm -hmm. they're happy to do it this way. And it's, you know, manual processes and using many different systems, but they're the ones stopping it, not their technology. Mm -hmm. It's the mindset that they're satisfied at whatever level they are at. They right. will not ever take advantage of this because they don't even want to change. So I guess it's okay. having a desire and a need of change is a first requirement. And then it's a, a willingness that, it, that the impossible might be possible. Okay. Okay. I, I got an, an example of that. If I think back, I, I'm, I'm getting on in years a little bit. When I started work way before computers were, well, mainframes were just starting to be used with by huge companies. I went to work for a company that uh, all the correspondence was done by secretaries on typewriters, either golf ball or daisy wheels is how long ago that was. And um, I can remember every letter or memo had three colored copies to be filed, one numerical, one alphabetical, and one I can't remember. And then we brought in word processors, you know, state of the art, those huge things and on those massive floppy disks. And some after about a year, we realized that one secretary was more or less permanently employed filing this third paper copy, having not realized there's now an electronic copy on disk, right? So there's oh, exactly wow. what you're saying. The yeah. habit just kept going, kept someone busy doing mind-numbing stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. I first got into this world about 20 years ago, and it was a similar thing where I was in a mailroom with 20 other staff colleagues and a big mailing had just gone out and we were taking the return, you know, the yellow sticker that the yep. post office gives for a bad address. So we were taking these yellow stickers and searching for the person on the list and then marking it as an undeliverable address. And this went on for weeks and weeks and it was so mind numbing, but it was very important because if the next mailing was going to go out and you hadn't cleaned up the last one, you're throwing yep. money in the toilet. So I knew how important this was and I wanted to help, but I, I always, ever since being a little kid had this idea of very, like my imagination is just out of this world. I always am looking for, you know, how to be creative and solve things with unusual, crazy ways. And I'm like, there's gotta be a way to do this automatically. Uh, I reached out to the USPS headquarters at the time. This is 2002 and actually 2001 and found out they had an electronic way, just like with you in this, the electronic filing was happening. They had a way to give you yeah, all the yeah. turn address information with your ID of who it was mailed to on a floppy disk. So I set wow. up this process. So I was getting, I set it up on an FTP site. So I didn't even have to get a floppy disk. So they would upload it. I built a program to connect to the FTP site, grab the data, match it up to our mailing list and mark it as undeliverable. That whole thing took only a few weeks to build this whole program that did that and replaced yeah. the work of 20 staff. That was six weeks. Wow. Time. God. And it took me that time. Yeah. I was, I was just like, this is so powerful. And the fact that nobody else knew of this or even that it was possible. I knew mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. eventually that, that was probably the spark that started MindCloud so many years later, but it's just that. Yeah you know, curiosity and, and willingness to find out how to not just be dumb and stupid about what you're yeah. doing. There's got to be a better way. Good for you. My goodness. Excellent. No, very good. <laughs> so, um, Jamie, what area of most businesses requires your attention first? Or is there one? Well, the first thing is uh, I usually tell my customers and potential customers, do a review of all of your processes that are requiring any kind of repetitive tasks, any processes that somebody is copying and pasting. Look for all the control C, control Vs that are happening across your whole organization. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it's impossible to replace it, but maybe it's possible. But just do an assessment and tally up the mm-hmm. hours by week and by month, how, how much time is being spent on these type of things. Uh, one client I did that with, it was 1,440 hours a year were being spent on just copy and paste of, of their various staff. Wow. Whoa. And that, it was almost, almost a full salaried employee's number of hours mm. just on copy and yeah. paste. Um, that organization didn't want to upgrade to a better software that could automate it because of the cost. Mm. Yet, the hidden cost was the salaried hours that were being spent can copy paste, copy paste with a more modern solution was a fraction of the cost of what their salary was to pay a staff member to do it. So that's the first thing is a review of what all is your processes. What, what of your processes could be automated or a step back, just look at where you're doing repetitive tasks. 
any of those, just do a review. And I, I, I say that this is, this is the hidden growth killer of a, of a company that wants mm-hmm. to scale. They will not scale exponentially if they do not find each of those points and replace them with automated mm-hmm. processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll have to hire more staff if you want to grow. And if you, if you don't get out of that rut, you will never scale exponentially. You can only grow linearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if at all, but you'll only grow, grow linearly unless you replace all of those points with automated processes. Very true. Yeah, that makes and sense. Again, it goes back to a lot of these people, a lot of these uh, managers don't even realize that there's an, a different way it could be done, right? It's They just think, well, this is how we've always done it. This is all we know. And they have no way of knowing that there is a better way, Right. Yeah, it's hard to get somebody to open their eyes yeah. when all they've had their whole life is their eyes closed. How do you convince them that, you know, there's possibilities out there and there's mm-hmm. ways to do things better if all they believe is that, no, this is just how we've always done it. And I think it takes a certain type of personality mm-hmm. to kind of help a company get over that, whether it's internally or externally. Um that probably is the biggest barrier of companies actually really scaling is getting over that right. mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. fixed way of doing things. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So, Jamie, with the sort of increasingly rapid development of new systems and, uh, and new technology, and I'm looking at AI in particular and ChatGPT, which has all been happening in the law, well, it's been happening for a long time, but it's been we've become a lot more aware of it in the last few months. So are, yeah. are you finding you, your your clients, your customers need to review, review all their systems more frequently than they did, say, five or six years ago? I think that ex- exponential growth of the technology also needs that same exponential looking and reviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not to say that, um, you know, it has to be that way, but in an ideal world, you would always be staying on top of what are the latest trends, what are the ways to automate, what are the ways to replace tedious tasks with better ways, just like back in the day when they made that electronic filing mechanism instead yeah. of doing three color copies. If if nobody was looking for that, there might have been companies out there that just kept filing them hard copy forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, ChatGPT and AI, while it is a extreme buzz right now, it's not going to go away that technology is going to continue to advance in an exponential manner. It's just going to keep growing like that. And mm-hmm. there's a, a the shift or the paradigm shift that really needs to change is, is understanding the potentials of the computer understanding mm-hmm. the potentials of software, understanding the potentials of these LLMs, large language models, which is what ChatGPT and these new mm-hmm. AIs are all based on. Um, these are all things that have been concepts 20 plus years and more ago with machine learning and data modeling and all these things that only with the resources of today and and companies that had enough multi-million dollar budgets to build the computers it was just never possible before sure. and it's it's only going to get more and more like that as 
you know, processing power is less and less expensive and it's, you know, you can compute that much more. But yeah, I think that getting that shift of from what's possible and to be willing to see solutions, that that's the thing that needs to shift the most, regardless of if it's exponentially parallel to technology or not. It's, it's got to start mm-hmm. from opening your eyes to the possibilities. So just something you triggered something in my mind there that when you mentioned big budgets, um that have made this these latest developments possible. Does this mean it will s- squeeze out some of the as we go forward? Will some of the small innovators be squeezed out, or and all the development be concentrated in fewer and fewer big companies, or not? I, I, when I said that, I think that more specifically, you've got only a handful of companies that are big enough to have their own large language models with enough. Okay data. So you've got OpenAI, you've got, you know, now you've got Bard and a few others. Mm-hmm. Those are pillars that will spawn off thousands and hundreds of thousands of applications that can do things. Okay. okay. The underlying technology is, it's still the same technology. They're just trying to compete with each other. Okay. Okay. But as you say, that'll spin off um the ability of many more smaller operators to come up with new stuff using those pillars. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. With you. Okay. Interesting. Like, let me give you an example of, yes. uh, of so at MindCloud, we've only been around for a couple of years, but we've used modern technology every chance we get in and, and generative AI and these LLMs are, are no exception. I'll give you an example of how we're able to be so cost effective and fast and offer this to small and medium-sized businesses. An example is what would take a programmer two to four weeks to build research documentation, see how you can connect one software to another, read all this stuff. These are things that are available on the internet. These are Mm -hmm. things that are available to these large language models, which means we can programmatically instruct the computer to do what Uh, a developer uh, was spending two to four weeks doing. And it's done in a matter of seconds or minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So building a new connector to walmart.com and I'm in Salesforce. The first Mm -hmm. one took us four weeks to build. Now, if we're building it today, the whole infrastructure of how to connect to Walmart could have been done in a matter of minutes in the code, in the programmatic code, in the format that will actually run a service that I could offer customers. Ah, uh, okay. okay. We still have to test it, you know, yeah, sure. build on top of okay. it, but it's kind of like the legwork and or the grunt work is fully replaced by right. Right. AI. And we can yeah. do that. And we have that wow. built in our process so we can be so much faster but if i was working at one of these other companies that i mentioned before that have a yep. frankenstein layered of mm. you know archaic system you couldn't do that because their whole foundation is based on a different structure you, it's sure. like the titanic they, you can't turn the titanic fast enough and we're in this little speedboat that's just kind of zipping along and is able to get mm-hmm. through all these obstacles and come out with hundreds of connections when it might take them one or two months to come out with one connection. Right. And we can right. come out with I'm hundreds. With okay. 
Okay, oh. that makes sense. So lots of opportunities for smaller smaller businesses then if they're fast thinkers, yeah? Good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you, you may have already answered this with OpenAI, but is there one new app or program that businesses should consider using? Definitely, if they have not played around with ChatGPT, OpenAI, if they have not played around with that, that's the first obvious Right. I mean, it went from zero to 100 million users in, it's the fastest growing app and technology in mm -hmm. the history of computing. Amazing. Um, yeah. And if you haven't already tried it out, mm -hmm. things that you can replace like research, gather data, summarize data. Uh, you know, an example the other day is I took all of my testimonials that I had gotten on our website and I said, summarize these for me in a simple statement that kind of gives an idea of what service we offer. I did that, you know, half a second later, I had the most amazing summary that I would not have intuitively thought. And it just mm -hmm. kind of gives, gives it there. And you could use that. And you don't want to just copy and paste from AI to the internet. You don't want to be one no. of these bloggers that's just like generating content because the thing that's different about a human is you've got a sentient being that is running the show. We don't want a bunch of robots just talking to each other. No. There's got to be that sentient piece. Even if you're using the tool of AI to help you to, to do work that, you know, makes your job faster, you still got to look at it and decide, is it the right thing to even do or, you know, add your life into it? So that's something that, you know, you, you see some people lose sight of is that AI it's not intelligence. It's artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. Right. And it does not and will never think for itself. It's taking all the data that exists and it's predicting what would be done based on all these scenarios that exist in the history. But to come up with a creative thought that is not based on history is impossible. It can only predict. Mm -hmm based on everything that is there. And that's something that, you know, people that are worried that I, AI is going to take over the world and all these things may lose sight of. It's a tool, use it, take advantage of it. It's a hammer when you didn't have a hammer. You know, it's a screw gun when you didn't have a screw gun. It's a computer when you, when you were filing everything, hard copy, learn to use the tool, mm -hmm. but don't lose sight that it will never replace a human being as long as you're not doing a robotic task right. if you right. you know it, it it goes back to the concern for people losing their jobs by you know from chat gpt or people if you were a robotic uh worker and only did you know following instructions and didn't add any creative thought into the process you will get replaced because that's exactly what chat gpt can do right yeah yeah no very true so it's so like move, move up the intelligence and yes. you will not get replaced Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what we, our feeling is. We, we're using it as well, but we we don't publish anything straight out of ChatGPT. We use it as a skeleton and we put our own thoughts and, and add on a bit behind it. But it, it certainly saves time. You're right. So, Jamie, let's get back to, you've told us all about um, IT and the mind cloud. Let's get back to the Jamie story. You sort of gave us a hint that you were in this mailroom of 20 people and you came up with a system in a couple of weeks based uh, very early system and you replaced the 20 people. Is that the trigger that got you to where you are now in MindCloud? 
that was a pivotal moment where I saw the value and, mm -hmm. and in the real world, what it, what using computers can do in the real world, it affected me. It wasn't something I heard about or saw somebody else experience. I personally was having to type in and spend those hours of my life. And I hated it. I hated the concept of wasting hours of my life with something that I could do faster. And that was ever since I was a kid, you know, if there's a way that I could do it faster, or if there's something where I have this inkling that, you know, it's, it's wasting time, or there's a more, or possibly a better way to do it, uh, that I, I would always look for that. So when I was in this, I happened to be in this position where I was able to use that curiosity. I wasn't a computer programmer. I was familiar and I was experienced in some things, but I was not professionally trained in programming. I was just extremely curious and always wanting to find out things. And I reached out to the post office and found out that they had this thing. I had to learn a programming language to be able to process this data back and forth. That took a few, you know, a bit of time to learn, but mm -hmm. I, I looked, I learned, and then I applied it. And that's kind of how, how the process went. But that was definitely a pivotal moment where I saw a tangible benefit in my life that saved me dozens and dozens of hours that I could do something that I enjoy better. All right. So, so what was the next step after that? Were well, you still in the corporate world then? I spent 20 years in the corporate world. Uh, COVID, I had the opportunity to transition. Um, I was working remotely um, for another company and I saw some of the new technologies that were out there mm -hmm. and the i hit a point where i could not execute my uh ideas fast enough within the corporate structure mm -hmm. um, i wanted to help a lot of people and help expand businesses and you know i've always had that that uh itch and i had this opportunity so i started it on the side on my off hours as a consultant. And I was testing mm -hmm. it to see, would this work? If I could use modern connectivity to connect data together, would somebody pay for it mm -hmm. without quitting my full-time job? And I did this very carefully. I only moved off of my full-time job when I replaced the income on my side job. Side job, right. Sensible. Um, and then- after a few months, I got my friend who also had a full-time job and in a couple hours at night and on the weekends, he did the more heavy lifting of the computer work that I didn't know how to do. I did everything I could and I can learn stuff very easily, but I'm not a professional programmer uh, up to the level that he is. He's an architect. He's able to design enterprise systems and all this kind of stuff. Um, so we just started together and said, every job that I get in, we'll split. 50-50, we'll work on together and let's keep it going until we can replace our full-time jobs. I managed to switch off first. Um, then a year later, he was able to move off of his full-time job and work at MindCloud full-time. Uh, we have a growing team now, um, all remote. It's mm -hmm. all remote. Um, and yeah, it's now, It's we got funded a few months back. So we, Great. we were able to take the momentum and kind of put a little rocket fuel behind there. Um, but we did it in this way that was never, uh, we, we never grew faster than we could deliver. That was just right. my principle. I didn't want to have so much money or so much staff or so much business 
that a customer would have a bad feeling like, wow, these guys are just growing so fast that they can't service me. Our mm -hmm. thing from the beginning was this really white glove, high touch. We do it all. We don't expect you to build anything or use your tech team to do anything. We will come in and set up your integrations. We'll connect all your software. We'll get it running and we'll manage it from then on forward. We have an annual fee for that. So they can, for the for less than that, what they would pay to hire a part-time developer to do it themselves, we're an integration partner that they can count on to have their systems fully connected and running at all times. Somebody to go to that if there's any, ever anything that needs to change or get tweaked or fixed, we do that within we have 24 hour response time. If there's feature updates, we turn that around very fast as well. Um, we don't have a huge uh, support team offshore that, you know, doesn't really understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Everybody is, you know, we're small enough at this point, but we don't ever want to lose that, mm -hmm. that high touch, high service and where companies can rely on us to just be their partner. Um, so anyway, we've, we've managed to grow up to this point at that level. And in the last two months, we doubled again in size from earlier this year. Wow. Um, it's been 700% growth from last year to this year in total. Oh, and congratulations. Like Excellent. That is unbelievable. Wonderful. Very good. Ah, it's lovely to hear stories yeah. like that. Really, well, congratulations. We are running uh, short on time, but I know you have a burning question. So why don't I, I have. I have my burning question for yes. Jamie. Jamie, okay. this is something we ask all the business people, successful people that come on our show. In, all, in your experience, and you've had the corporate world, you've had right back to the manual, mind-numbing, very cool stuff, and now you've had your own business for a while and you've been a consultant. All the people you've come across, is, is there one characteristic habit or mindset that sets the successful leaders apart from those who remain average or, or never really get out of the rut? Is it one thing or more complicated than that? I would say it it is one thing that I've noticed, and it's uh, that insatiated desire to grow. Mm -hmm. These the most successful people that we work with, and we are selective. We want to work with those people that are aggressively wanting to grow and expand and do big things. The people that are content versus the people that have this insatiated thirst for growth and expansion is the differentiator. Mm -hmm. If you're in this okay. content group, they're probably not our client. If they're in this other group, they're like, we want to grow. We want to expand. How do we do it? You know, I have these goals. I think it's they're working in the future mm -hmm. while the other group is working in today or mm -hmm. the past. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you for so that. Much. Yeah, back to you, Kathleen. Yes, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today, Jamie. Really, thank, congratulations to you mm. and your team. Oh, absolutely. But uh, how do people contact you? Easiest is to go to our website. It's mindcloud.co. There is a big button that says speak to a human or book a free consultation. right? <laughs> and it pops up our calendar and you just pick a time and you talk to me, talk to one of our staff. And um, we'll do a free consultation to review what your business processes are going right now. And we're very transparent. We'll tell you this is what it's going to cost to do that. And if it makes sense, we get started right away. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you very much, yes. Jamie. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, you both. 
Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. We'd love to hear from you. And please, if there are any topics you'd like us to cover, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.